Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or your renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Welcome to WHW Monday. Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. Jim Crockett for Starcade, 605 NWA. TV title, Cajun Omni, the Bunkhouse Stampede. Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express Tactics. Turner, Bonin, Mid-South Joint World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions. Tony and Friends North, they win. Look, Shivani's back again. World title split off center stage. Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro. New World Order and the Crow. Thunder Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinnie Mac, simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad. Not your classy podcast. Watch a long time not to laugh. Lois rules cat back. This wasn't the initial plan. Tom Ziggs a good looking man. Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? With the voice of your childhood, Tony Schiavone. Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing all right, Conrad. Uh, How are you doing? Man, I am great because we're doing something totally different today. Just in time for the holiday, Geico is sponsoring this episode. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy, though? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. But Tony, that's not really why I'm excited. We're breaking the format, man. We're doing something we've never done before. We've got a guest. Boy, do we ever have a guest and we have a guest that, uh, means a lot to me. It means a lot to, uh, fans who grew up watching, uh, the old, uh, TBS shows fans who lived in the, uh, in the North Carolina, South Carolina, mid Atlantic area it means a lot to them. And, uh, with us is, uh, a guy that I do not connect with enough, but I'm, and that's why I'm really glad we're talking to him. It's David Crockett. Hey, David, how are you, buddy? Hey, Tony, how are you? Yeah. I'm, I'm, you I'm notice I'm trying to trying to look like you. You know, I've got, got a little <laughs> beard. Now, you know, mine's a little whiter. Right. Season, so you know. <laughs> well, it's it's a it's a well known fact, and and Conrad will be the first to say it because Conrad does nothing but. We were talking to you before we uh, we rolled record here, and uh, Conrad seems to think that what he and I do on our broadcast on our podcast is watch old wrestling shows. But what we do on our podcast is for two or three hours, just make fun of me. Sure. So basically, uh, it's well known that I do color my beard. Now I don't color my hair yet. That's going to come. I'm sure, but I do color my beard. So, but you, you look ruggedly handsome. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got my feet up now. Yep. Get a little deep. Well, we're so excited to have you, you know, it's fun to reunite you guys. The whole theme of our show uh, is based on, you know, mid Atlantic championship wrestling, Jim Crockett promotions. And, uh, if you're watching this video over at adfreeshows.com, we've even sort of recreated the set 
and to have you two guys again on that same set that we all grew up watching is just so cool. And I appreciate you taking time, especially this close to Christmas to get together with us and do this. Oh, I'm born happy to do it. Uh, you know, Conrad, you're a great guy, but when Tony asked me, I said, I have to do it. You know, it, we spent so much of our life together, you know, in, and, you know, in broadcasting and out of it, we spent really, there was so much that we've done together. Yeah. You know, wow. You know, it, it would take weeks to talk about it. Weeks. Uh, let me ask you, uh, David, before we talk about uh, how you and I met and the great years that we had together, uh, how's uh, Valerie and how are your kids, uh, Mark and Julie? Every, and I'm sure you got grandchildren too, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. matter of fact, we're here in Raleigh right now. Uh, uh-huh. Julie, my daughter is a nurse anesthetist and her husband is a civil engineer. And I have two grandchildren here. So we're here in Raleigh with them. And then we'll drive back Christmas Eve right. to be with Mark and his two children. Uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll be like most grandparents. We'll have Christmas alone because everybody will be doing their thing. So, sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, everything's great. COVID sucks. Sure. But, yeah. <laughs> does it ever. And Mark still lives in Charlotte? Yes, he does. That okay. he does. And, and uh, he works for, I can say this, Aon, you know, entertainment insurance. Uh, he, uh, he does so much with them. I, uh, that's the way he got into television, you might say, and entertainment. Okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's, yeah, the family's great. Yeah, I am so blessed right now with that. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. that uh, I'm, I'm very glad to hear that. I, I did see on uh, on Facebook, I think on Valerie's page, where she she had uh, she showed some old uh, scorecards from Augusta National. That's right. Yeah, That's right. her her father Val Hastings holds the record at Augusta National for the most birdies in a row. Wow! And at seven, and he started on number ten. Uh, and also, uh, he has a card where he beat Ben Hogan. Well, beating by one stroke, it right. came to the final hole, hole there, and beating by one stroke. So, yeah. wow, that it is was, some golf it history. Is. It is, and and that's why I always enjoyed going out there. I spend more time talking to him and other old members than really watching the tournament, you know, because they, you know, spent what, what they needed to make the course, you know, the very best. Yeah. And I had the pleasure of meeting Cliff Roberts, you know, and you know, that's, that was special, definitely special, but you know, that's, that's it. Now, how's uh, Lois? Uh, the same. <laughs> <laughs> she is just, just an older version of the same person. <laughs> so yeah, thank thanks for asking. Uh, right, she, everybody in your family, you know, I know grandkids and all that. You know. We got uh, we got five grandkids, one on the way, and um, we're going to try to get together with them uh, during Christmas weekend. And uh, yeah, it's it's a great time. It it really is. I. I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed too. I really am. And, and I'm, I'm so blessed that I got to know Conrad Thompson because I didn't realize, uh, 
pieces of shit lived in Huntsville, Alabama. Mm. Wow. That's hurtful. You know, we have feelings <laughs> over here. Oh, you do <laughs> barely <laughs> guys. I'm curious. How did this all get started? Did y'all first meet through baseball? Is that right? Yeah. Well, well, somewhat, uh, right? Yeah. Somewhat, you know, Tony was, uh, the announcer for the Greensboro, right? The Greensboro baseball team that Francis right. owned part of. And, uh, we, uh, needed another announcer and, you know, Tony, I think he showed up in, oh, uh, town in South Carolina. That was the first time I saw you. And I said, oh, God, he looks like a baby. We need to have him grow a mustache or something. Yeah, that's right. You guys had me grow a mustache. You did. Yeah. yeah. I remember, David, that when uh, when I got the job in Charlotte from Greensboro, that meeting Francis, because I knew of you guys. I mean, I, say, I knew of the family, and I knew of Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. And I remember getting that job thinking, man, I'd, I'd love to do some wrestling. And I told Francis that from the get-go. And, uh, you know, she was like, she said, if you start working for my brothers, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get caught in the middle and that's not going to be good for you. And it was tough at times. It really was because she wanted me to be at the ballpark and you guys wanted me to do wrestling. And, uh, yes. so it, it was at times and, uh, you know, but I made it through it and, but, but I do remember talking to you about that. And, and you were kind of, you know, you couldn't, uh, uh, really agree or, uh, to, to do anything. And, and finally, uh, you gave me a chance to go down and I got to work with uh, big bill ward yeah. down in the studios, bill ward and I would do things. And, uh, David, you remember those days, those days of doing promos in the back, how long they were and, uh, and how much oh, effort and time. Right. Do you remember the pinball machine we had back there yeah. for the guys? Sure do. Pinball machine. Yeah. yeah. It's a uh, matter of fact, the people, when they came up uh, from Turner to bias, uh -huh. they said, this is a sausage factory. You guys just crank and crank product out. And we said, yeah. yeah. I mean, you think about it. We would tape our shows, come back, plug it in to the quote umbilical cord there at the office. Right. You know, and Wayne Daniel and we start making dubs. Right. And the next day, cut interviews and then start inserting interviews into the shows. Yeah. You know, and kick them out the door. Right. That's right. 80, 82 or 83 stations. We would do that. Wow. wow. That one, that was something. And, uh, we did it, you know, we did a great job. Emerson Lawson, you know, he never fixed anything, but he make it work. Never <laughs> fixed anything. <laughs> you know, what a, but what a, what a great guy. Wonderful engineer. Oh yeah. He was really, really, really intelligent, knew a lot of things and, yeah, I Emerson and uh, and Wayne Daniel, right? Uh, and Wayne's uh, and of course we had the girls in the office. I was thinking about them today, like Tracy. uh, a uh, Pat, and, yeah, and uh, Brenda Evans, right? In the office, uh, and then there was Tressy, uh, that I remember Tressy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and of course Sandy Scott was in her office, and Gene Anderson was kind of the producer of those interviews in the back, and. Just dealing with Gene Anderson was, was absolutely 
because I, I had watched Gene and Ole wrestle and now Gene was kind of bossing me around and he was, he would say many times because the guys were all over the place, right? All over the yeah. office. Yeah. And he, he would say, he would say, okay, the next one is going to be flair Tully Arn. Where's that goddamn Ric Flair? Would somebody go get him? And they would have to chase him down in the office. Well, He's always in there kissing Dusty's ass. That's right. That's right. They either kiss Dusty's ass or Jimmy's ass. That's right. <laughs> so those were those were special times, and those were all day things. I mean, they really were because after we did those, we would do them for other markets. We would send things out to Bob Geigler, send things down to Florida that they would need. So it was uh, it was a special time, and it was a special time because of we were just beginning Starcade. And of course, that was the 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 first real mega event in pro wrestling. Now, Dave, before we go there, I want to get fans caught up because uh, Jim Crockett Promotions, a fixture in in Charlotte, not only in promoting wrestling, but your father, he promoted some other uh, events as well, right? Oh, yeah, he, yes, he promoted entertainment events. He had right. Uh, all right the Summer Theater there at the Ovens Auditorium. Right. He had the the Pops concerts in Freedom Park. Okay. He also had Country and Western, Ice Capades, the Circus. Uh, golly, what else? Uh, he even backed uh, the Shrine Bowl several years and getting okay. them, you know, up and running. So and rock shows. You know, you, you're talking. You know, from the Dick Clark Caravan of Stars. You know, where I'd see Dion Warwick. She was an opening act. Then she'd come out and sell programs, you know, that, and then he also had Andy Williams, Henry Mancini there at the Coliseum. It was uh, a one week promotion, sold it out. It was a, a record for the Southeast at that time. Then boxing, Joe Lewis, Jack Dempsey, because uh, dad started in boxing, you know, when I think his mother passed away, when he was about six in Bristol, Tennessee, Virginia. And to make money, Dad would put out boxing cards for this, this guy. And, and eventually, when he got of age, took off with him and started promoting boxing. Wow. Then he got into the Carolinas. And that was when we had boxing and wrestling commissions. And... Mm -hmm. Charlotte or Mecklenburg County required that the boxing slash wrestling promoter be a resident of Mecklenburg County. So okay. Dad wanted to, to settle in Greensboro, but then they moved to the Mecklenburg Hotel and set up shop there. Wow. And the rest is the history. I mean, wow. Something else. Then we also had the hockey team. He didn't, but uh, the Winston-Salem Fowler Twins, they're in Winston-Salem. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So it's a it's a, a very varied inter and uh, expansive entertainment career for the family. So you grew up in entertainment, and um, uh, talk about growing up with your father as a big promoter, or growing up, you know, in wrestling. Uh, but that, you know, the, the wrestlers would come to the house. Yeah. And uh, at one point, mom uh, had this sort of off-white carpet. 
one rainy day they came in and they tracked mud on her carpet. Uh-oh. Well, so she went out. <laughs> that was a death wish, you know, as far <laughs> as that. And so she went out and found the office on East Moorhead, 1111 East Moorhead. And said, this is where you're going. That's it. You know, you're out of here. You know, so, and that's where, you know, then everything started. The wrestlers going there, you know, with the bookers. I mean, they were so, you know, it started with like uh, that. I remember as a kid, George Becker, you know, that was the, the main booker and it became a tag team territory. And we had territories at that time, mm. you know, and, uh, you know, putting out posters, you know, I, I drive all over the, the area down to Shelby and Belmont and Gastonia up to Kings mountain, you know, Hickory putting out posters for Monday night at park center. And if there were a, if there was a, uh, one of Dick Clark's, Caravan of Stars coming through. I put out posters for that or take tickets. Or and eventually when I got to the point, I would, you know, sell tickets, you know, there in the box office. Mm-hmm. You know, which, you know, working for your father in the box office selling tickets, you that's hard. Cause I bet. Yeah. You know, anybody else can make a mistake, but you cannot. You know, and you pay the price too. Yeah. Definitely pay the price. Well, make no mistake. You can save some money at Geico, whether you rent or own Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to Geico.com today. Sorry, Mr. Crockett. we got to pay some bills here. Um, I'm curious. Pay the bills. Pay the bills. You, uh, (laughs) your family becomes, you know, master promoters at a lot of genres. When did wrestling sort of emerge as. Okay, we've got a lot, our finger in a lot of pies, but this is going to be the real thing here. When, all right, when the Coliseums or arenas started, when you had the managers of those arenas and Coliseums suddenly realized, well, golly, you know, if we cut out the promoter, then we get a bigger percentage. So, like the ice capades and uh, the country and Western, they started promoting that themselves. I see. You know, the, the bigger names coming through, you know, whether it was Elvis Presley or that, you know, at one point we were doing all that. They did, they, the, the cities at that time were not willing to put out that much cash that the event person would want. So they let the promoter put out the cash and, and, you know, and so for that, we would, we would get uh, our percentage, you know, but we'd have to uh, pay all the expenses, you know, whether it was all the advertising, all the crazy things that the entertainers would want in their dressing room, you know, the, uh, the orchestra, as far as the, the guy coming in and tuning the piano and having a certain piano, uh, making sure that there were only white M&Ms in the dressing room. I mean, you'd have to go through a bag of M&Ms at that time and just pull out white because some of the entertainers, you know, especially the, the rock groups, that's, that's the only thing they wanted, special beer, you know. So, 
you know, but then the the Coliseums and arenas were willing to do that themselves. And so wrestling was always the one that we could control. You know, that, you know, we didn't have to worry about another promoter of the someone between us and the entertainer. Right. You know, so and that we could control the flow of the wrestling or the event. In other words, we could have it in Charlotte. We could have it in Greenville. But we also could have it at the, the Hickory uh, High School football field in the, the summertime. Or we could have it at an armory down in Lumberton, North Carolina. That, that is when we could control that, that piece. When do you think you guys developed like your own real territory about what year would that have been? If you had to guess. Wow. Probably in, uh, I want to say middle forties. Wow. You, know, you, you still had, you still had, the the, Virginia was, was a little iffy up there near, well, Peter Postelou around, Lynchburg and Roanoke, then up towards Asheville was, was a challenge for a while. Then let me think what Henry Marcus wanted to do it himself for the longest time, but then (laughs) (laughs) I laugh laugh when I, when I hear you talk, say Henry Marcus's name. Oh Oh, yeah. Oh, he, he and and Pete, they were one of a kind. I mean, really? Wow. Something else there. Yeah. But, just, I, uh, I, I want, want to tell you a story that I know you, you, you know, but I, I don't know if the fans ever heard this in Conrad. It's a good one. When Ole was booking, yeah, he used to say, Henry would call, say, you got a good card for me. And Ole would say, yeah, Henry, listen, we got this great card and, and here's what we got for you. And right as Ole would get ready to tell him the card, Ole would hang up the phone. I can and, see that. I can and see Henry that. Marcus would call back. And he said, and Oli would say, God damn it, Henry. I, if, if, if you don't want a good card, you know, fuck it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you this card. If, if you're going to hang up on me, Henry says, no, no, no. We got disconnected. Oli said, okay, all right, here's the card. He said, I'll hang up again. Yep. So Henry would call back again. He'd do it a third time. He said, sometimes Henry would drive from South Carolina to <laughs> Charlotte after he hang up on him a couple of times to get the card. <laughs> Oh God, Henry. Wow. Thanks for bringing that name up, David. Tremendous. Oh yeah. Now, you know, you're talking about Oli. Here's a guy that always loved mother earth. You know, the, the magazine that it was published near Hendersonville. Okay. And he, when we drive up to Asheville, he'd always want to stop by there because his, you know, he always wanted to retire. He had a half a section of land up in Minnesota and he was going to have his own trout farm and he was figuring out he could, he could get methane, you know, mm-hmm. out of human waste and animal waste and create his own, you know, I could just, he was just always thinking about this. Well, look, it never happened. But, you know, it, you know, here's a guy that was so gruff mm-hmm. and obnoxious. And here he just, he was thinking about, you know, I could go out and saw my own trees and build, have my own fish. So. Oh. Yeah, Good God, what what a, so many characters. Uh, we're talking with David Crockett here on this special edition of What Happened When, uh, sponsored by Geico. And whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Having a home is hard work, so. 
Get a quote at Geico.com. Easy. Uh, okay, so David Crockett, someone, I think Sandy Scott showed me a picture when I was working in the office. And I'd worked in the office. Sandy Scott and I shared an office in the back. Dusty had the office. Jimmy had an office. You had an office. Uh, and then Gene Anderson had an office that I think he shared with someone. But Sandy Scott slipped me a, a photograph, and he said, do you know who this guy is? Mm. And it was a picture of a wrestler. It was black and white, standing in the ring with a jacket on, and he was smiling, and it was obviously you from the smile. Yeah. And I went, I went, wait, oh, David wrestled? And he said, yes, he did. So yeah. you did wrestle, right? And how did that start? Yeah, I, you know, I did. Dad asked me, he said, you know, no one in the family has ever wrestled. Uh, they don't understand the wrestler's brain or their, the, the, that part of it. And he's, you know, and I was an amateur and wasn't married, you know, at the time. And he's, and I said, Oh, why not? Okay. And Oh, what a mistake that was. <laughs> you know, you had, yeah, when you have people like Rip Hawk, Gene Anderson, Ole Anderson, Sweet Hanson, uh, Johnny Heideman, uh, oh. uh, all these guys sort of working with you, but taking out their frustrations on you too. Yeah. You know, it, you know, I lasted, I guess I lasted for about a year, a year and a half. And, and, you know, I, I could count the light bulbs in the, in, you know, in the arenas because I spent all my time on my back. As a, <laughs> Lowest in the eighties too. Hey, so, uh, I, I, in my research, I think I saw that, uh, Crockett joined the national wrestling Alliance in 52. Is that right? Could be, you know, that's, uh, that sounds right. But, you know, yeah, I, you know, but Vince McMahon senior was part of the national, you know, the, the national wrestling Alliance. So right. you had all these these different groups that had their own group, but they were, you know, I think probably the, the impetus was for that was Sam Mushnick, mm -hmm. you know, that he was always the ever, I think until he passed away, that he was the president of the national wrestling lines. Yeah. It, but yeah. It, and it was controlled from out there. Right. Yeah. The, the South had really no say so. Did you go to many of those, uh, meetings? Those are sort of famous, almost mob like meetings now in hindsight, the way people talk about them. <laughs> I went, I know they had one in St. Louis because our mother packed us up. I, th I think it might've been just younger brother, Jackie and I, and we took the train to St. Louis for one of those meetings. And then. I went with uh, my father to Las Vegas a couple times, which, you know, of course, I never saw what was going on because he'd always tell me, you know, wait out here. Right. You know, always wait out here. You know, and same thing with the arenas. You know, he, he never, quote, smartened me up, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It was wait out here. And he, then he finally said, you know, there is a, a hard way and a better way, which would you rather do? You know, so, but yeah, it, you know, and then Jimmy, Jimmy was more involved with that and, and former brother-in-law, John Ringley, especially John was first. 
then Jimmy, uh, and uh, uh, Johnny went with with Dad at for you know at first he was he was a talker, definitely a talker, mm. good salesman. Yeah, uh, and then Jimmy, Jimmy was, you know, Jimmy. <laughs> what? Why didn't? Uh, why didn't John last? Was it why didn't not, he last? Was it just not his thing? Did he not have a passion for uh, it the way no, you and Jimmy had, did? He had what you call an affair. Oh, there we go. That you know that that sort of you know it, you know when you're you're no that doesn't work. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yes. matter, of fact, <laughs> matter of fact, we were. Uh, we had 72 dates a year on the Harlem Globetrotters and, and he met this uh, woman in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, that's all she wrote. Yeah. So in fact, he was the best man at my wedding. He didn't show up. Really? Yeah. He He no showed your wedding. Yeah. Boy, that was, that killed it right there. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. That's another podcast in itself. Mm. Uh, I listen, David. So when your dad uh, passed away in the early seventies, yes. Uh, and so was, uh, so did, uh, Jimmy and Johnny take over the reins of the company at that time? Uh, or did Jimmy, Jimmy, did. Jimmy, Jimmy. Did. okay. Jo- Johnny was out of the picture. by the John, Johnny was on his way out. Okay. All right. All right. Tony, yeah, when so did you start two, watching two, two with, with, the, with the company, you got to realize that. You know, my father ran the, sh- the company out of his sh- shirt pocket. Hmm. I mean, all the information, all the contacts and everything, you know, it was through Jim Crockett, you know, and handshakes, not written contracts and right. TV deals. You know, that, think about the Har- Harlem Globetrotter, 70, 72 days a year, he and Abe Saperstein had a handshake, you know, on this is what the deal is. Nothing written on paper. And... Right. That was for years and years. And same thing with buildings, you know, uh, you know, with Mr. Osius up in Greensboro, yeah. you know, uh, Paul Buck in Charlotte, you know, there were so many buildings uh, that all it took is a handshake and that was through him. So when he passed away, you know, you think about the bank creditors and everybody else, they're going, who the hell is this person, Jim Crockett Jr.? Right. You know, (laughs) or any of us, you know, and so we had to rebuild our credibility. Yeah. You know, with the wrestlers, that was a big deal. I mean, you know, if you think about, you know, they're going, uh, you know, there was a jockey in there. You could see in certain areas, you know, the Henry Marcuses too. Of, of areas of going, okay, maybe we'll start our own, you know, promotion and cut them out and have our own wrestlers. And, and so you had to show yourself, you know, quite a lot and build up communication between us and the wrestlers, you know, and the buildings and the newspapers and, and banks and everybody else. Sure. So, so the Crockett family became really entrenched in, in Charlotte. Uh, I mean, yes. that's, that's, that's very well known. And, and now Jimmy and you and, uh, have different, different roles. You're, you're moving forward. Uh, when did you, uh, when did you start announcing? 
Do you remember the, around that time? Was it like in the forties, David? <laughs> <laughs> no, really, when, when did you start yeah. announcing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, it was, uh, when Tom Miller showed up at WRAL, uh, uh, there again, he was, uh, a little inebriated and yeah. Jimmy and I flipped a coin and I lost. So I had to announce. Wow. <laughs> And then that's, that's it in a nutshell. And that's how it started. Yeah. Oh, Tony, Jimmy, Jimmy came running. Oh, yeah. We can't let him on. Plus you got to remember Tom was way over six feet tall. Yeah. So he taller than most wrestlers. So right. uh, here, here, this guy, and we have to get him to sort of stoop down a little bit to talk to the wrestlers because, you know, he made them look like midgets, you know? So, you know, we, that's how I started announcing. I want to say, well, it was after Dad passed away. So okay, we're talking about the the seventies. Yes, seventy four later then. Yeah. So yeah. because I remember, I mean, I started watching Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling like in nineteen seventy seven. Hmm. Okay. And you were you were on TV at that time, so it had to be a little bit earlier than that or around that time. Right. Probably. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's sort of a blur, you know. The, oh, I know. Some of these days. Wow. Tony, how old were you when you were watching? When I started watching wrestling, yeah. uh, in 77, I was 20 years old. Okay. Yeah. And do you never met David at the shows? The first time you met him was outside of wrestling, right? Well, no, I, I, I went to, I, I met David because I wanted, uh, I kept asking Francis, I'd like to get into wrestling. She said, well, you got to talk to my brothers. And then she said, of course, if it happens, you're going to be put in the middle. So I remember there was a show or something and I went up and talked to David and I was the baseball announcer at that time. Yeah. Union, South Carolina. That's okay. where it was. That right. was the first show All right. that you came in and, and, and did it. And yes, yeah. you know, Francis was definitely pissed off. Oh yeah, I know. Ooh, was, big time. I mean, yeah. it's a wonder she didn't scratch your eyes out. Yeah. And she made your life miserable. Yeah, she did. I mean, she did. Yeah. I, yeah. She, I, she, uh, I mean, she enjoyed it. Uh, she, I'd, rather, I'd rather do it, have her do it to you than me. <laughs> <laughs> she told me after I, uh, after I did that one thing with flair, she called me back into her office in the ballpark. She said, all right, I knew this would happen. They want you to come down on Wednesdays and do the interviews at the office, she says, it's going to be tough for you. I said, all right, I'll do it. And, um, so there it was. So that's where it happened. So David, now we, uh, I, I started working for you guys full time, uh, after the 85 baseball season. Um, uh, right. and, and that's, uh, and that's because we started on TBS in, uh, April of 85. Okay. And. Uh, I remember, uh, we were at the office there on Briar bend office off of uh, South Boulevard and it was late and Jimmy had gone, I guess he had gone to New York to negotiate to get the TBS time slot. Uh, and that TBS time slot, uh, obviously he got it. He came back and he mentioned that he wanted you and I to do the broadcast. Uh, that really, that really kind of changed everything for the promotion and for us, didn't it? Oh yes. Yes. That was, that was our. Uh, our nationwide signal, you know, right. the superstation, you know, so. everybody and even Ted Turner in his book, you know, he said that wrestling is what made the superstation that, you know, at six Oh five, we came up live. 
you know, on, on the super section. I take that back. We were taping at that time. Right. You know, we go down Saturday mornings and tape Saturday it. Saturday mornings and tape five, it. Right. You know, there is, you know, world championship wrestling or Georgia championship wrestling. And uh, it, it changed it for, for, for us. You know, it also helped Vince. That was the money for his first WrestleMania. Okay. Uh, that he did. But, man, you know, those, those early flights down there, you know, and the, the you know, 75 to 80 people in the studio, mm-hmm. some of the same fans, crazy fans, mm-hmm. wonderful fans. Right. The wrestlers getting dressed in the offices and all <laughs> around and, and always getting complaints about, you know, from people in production, you know, that, you know, get your wrestlers out of my office and they're sweaty. Right. Mess- uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, can we, can we talk a little bit more about the whole black Saturday thing? You see Vince McMahon pop up on the old Georgia time slot. Did you immediately think, man, that was a missed opportunity or how did that deal come together for you to, you know, get back that time slot for Southern wrestling and Jim Crockett promotions, Jim Barnett, Jim Barnett was the, the catalyst. Number one, Ted Turner and Vince McMahon did not get along. It's right. like oil and water. Right. No matter what was happening, it, you know, it was going to end up in the courts somehow. You know, so Jim Barnett saw this opportunity. You know, he came to Jimmy and said, you know, hey, and, and he talked to Jerry Hogan, who was, who was the uh, – but executive vice president, you know, Ted was the president and Jerry Hogan said, you know, and Jim talking to Jerry said, well, you know, if we do it this way, we'll uh, avoid court, you know, and, you know, the Vince and Ted don't have to talk to each other, you know, which they did more than talk, I guess you might say. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that was the opportunity and, and Jim Barnett, brokered that deal and you know we we started you know and i i those those saturdays really that 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 was like a rocket ship for us i mean because we instantly were all over the united states right we're talking with David Crockett here on a special edition of What Happened When, which is sponsored by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing, too, because having a home is hard work, like having to work with David Crockett. It's hard work. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. Geico.com, easy. David, we had so much fun. You know, when I look back on it, we laughed a lot. We had because Dusty and Rick and all those guys did some crazy things, but I don't think, and I guess you never do. I don't think we realized how much of an impact we had on people moving forward. No, I did. I didn't. Because they still talk about us. Yes. I mean, they do. I see. And, but we had, like you said, we had fun. I mean, to, cause I was a fan, you know, you sort of kept us, you kept us, you know, going the the right direction i would go off somewhere you know (laughs) i can't tell you i can't tell you how many times a week we get tweeted look at him tony look at him 
Uh, fans <laughs> loved your line. Look at him. And yeah. I think one of the more famous things that we get tweeted about where people want us to discuss it or watch it or talk about it, I figure why not just talk about it with you? The Nikita Koloff clothesline from hell. Uh, <laughs> we get asked about that at least every other week. What can you tell us about that moment? That was like if you were when you were a kid and you're doing these chases at night and running through yards and all of a sudden one of the neighbors has clothes clothesline out well running into that clothesline you know not being prepared for it you know that's what it was like because he even told me he said i'm going to enjoy this <laughs> he, you have pissed me off for so long that don't expect me to hold back and he didn't. And, but the thing is, I didn't know when it was, you know, I, yeah, I knew it was coming, but I didn't know when, and I didn't know it was, you know, and I felt like I was running through a yard and got hit, you know, ran into a clothesline. I felt like I just flipped over, you know, I did you know, and just laid there. Yeah. You know, cause was- I, I, you know, I laid there trying to figure out, okay, any bones broken? You know, uh, how am I? Am I all right here? It was on an edition of I Didn't have it at the studios. It was a worldwide. And the reason I remember that is, and I'm, I'm looking at it here, David, from another perspective. We had a, uh, I mean, you, you gave, you gave the bad guys like Nikita and I would all, you always gave them a, a hard time. You know, you, sure. I mean, you, you told, you told them exactly what you think fans were thinking. Right. And that- so you gave them a hard time, but I remember I'm standing there and we're doing the commentary we're the, near the set there back away from the uh, ring. And I remember thinking to myself, boy, David is really getting on his ass tonight. I mean, more than usual. And our director is a, a guy from South Carolina named Toby. Remember Toby? I, I can't uh, remember. his Jenkins. Toby Jenkins. Toby right. Jenkins. I remember in the, in our, my ear, Toby says, okay, we're three minutes into this. When are we going to, when is it going to happen? And I'm thinking, why, why did he say that? And then just by the time he said it, boom, I will go, oh shit. And I think somebody says, you better get in there and check on David. And I was like, I couldn't move. I, I'm thinking, oh my God, he really pissed him off. And uh, so I, I can remember that. That's one of, that's one of my most vivid memories of you and I doing worldwide together. I mean, yeah, it was, yeah, that was, that was not very many people knew about it. No, it was going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah but, matter of fact, it was Shelby. Shelby, North Carolina. Absolutely. On the stage there. Yeah. And wow. Shelby, Shelby was your first TV too, right? Tony. Uh, I Union. can't remember what my first TV was. Union, Union South Carolina, Union so. South Carolina. Okay. Uh, but gosh, Conrad, we went to so many places and like, you know, it, it does all kind of wash together. It does. But I mean, that clothesline, uh, I remember, uh, vividly. I remember the first show too, but I, I, and, and I say that because I remember how excited we were. And I remember Dusty would say, say, you know what? He said, David, he said, David is raw. He said, he is, <laughs> he is so excited out there and his excitement is contagious. And he said, you know why it is? And I said, no, he said, because it's his company. He said, that's why his excitement is genuine. He wants his company su- to succeed. So when he's out there and, and saying what he's saying and, and, you know, getting real loud, he said, it's genuine. So, and, and that's why we had so much fun because I, I think you and I working together was really genuine. Like you said, we both love the sport. 
sport. It was your business. And so we were out there having a good time with it. Right. And, and then you sort of uh, took ownership too, you know, in, you know, being, being that announcer, taking the wrestlers and, and making them as big as they can be. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. We knew the, our jobs. We did. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then we had, you know, some cameramen, you know, you had Doug Dellinger you mm-hmm. know, out there and Jackie, of course. You know. Right. Uh, I know where I'm, I'm, deviating right now i talked to doug last night uh he is having uh some heart problems uh really yeah it's being checked on i said damn it doug you croak on me i am gonna kick your butt but, well i hope he stopped smoking oh i think he, yeah he has he has okay good good and stopped eating he's you know he's 300 plus yeah yeah he's a big one yeah I remember I was in the lead car uh, with Doug Dellinger at Gene Anderson's funeral at the police car that drove Gene from the church to the the gravesite, and we were talking and and uh, Dust and I told Dusty that story, and he said, "Yeah, he said, you know, he said uh, Doug Dellinger's been in the Charlotte Police Force for like twenty years, and he's still a buck private. The only thing he does is is drive <laughs> lead funerals." I said. <laughs> I said uh, uh, well, yeah, Doug, I'm, I'm glad you brought him up because, uh, Doug yeah. was really instrumental and in, in very important in our company. He really was. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. And oh. v- very important, uh, really to me, uh, when, you know, we sold to Turner, he was the only way I could find out what was going to hit me at, at times, you know, but yeah, he, he's, he's a great friend yeah. that he, Let- uh, Conrad, let's talk about that sale to Turner with David, because I know that's something that everyone uh, wants to know. And and David, uh, you uh, you obviously uh, maintained a a presence with the company after that. But 1988 was a was a big transitional year for your family, for you, and uh, and and I guess we can go back and talk about the the move to Dallas and uh, with Jimmy and Dusty moving to Dallas. I I mean to be honest with you, I. I, I really don't think that settled too well with the family. Am, am I right to say that? No, no. I mean, no, it did not. It was the, you know, the wrong, the wrong deal. Right. Uh, they, you know, Dusty wanted to go home. Uh, I, I can't blame him for that. And Jimmy in, in a new marriage and, and, you know, it was, if, if he had waited, we'd just pick up the pieces, you know, mm-hmm. as far as Mid-South wrestling. Sure. You know, they, they own, you know, so much money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, you know, he decided that, no, we're going to do this. And so it ended up and it's, it's split, right? But, you know, you, you just, and, the uh, the cost also doubled, right. You know, for everything. And, and then too, all of a sudden the, the amounts of money owed to TV stations through uh, Mid-South wrestling, those started appearing and it was asked and we just, you know, couldn't keep up. Right. Just couldn't, you know, you know, so, and Turner saw an opportunity, uh, a Jim Barnett again, mm-hmm. you know, saw an opportunity to, uh, you know, take this over and, you know, said, this is it. And I fought the sale. Really? You know, in fact, Rick, Rick Flair and I, Rick didn't want to go. And I said, damn it, I'm going to take it. I'll go chapter 11, you know, and, but, uh, uh, my mother, 
uh, at the time said, David, you're going to do this. So I did it. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, and I, I really believe today, even today that we could have survived and done well, you know, uh, with Turner, you know, but there again, you know, because, you know, and, and it, Turner was good. You know, I survived, I survived it. Sure. You know, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy and Francis had problems with it. Right. Jackie definitely survived. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you did it. You did well. You're right. doing well now. Yeah. With AEW. So, yeah. yeah. And with a guy named Conrad Thompson too, by the way. Yeah. 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 Uh, by the way, the- does, does Conrad, does Conrad, does he control AEW? <laughs> no, but I do know how to control the savings around the house because I use Geico and whether you rent or own Geico <laughs> makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. So go to Geico.com today, Mr. Crockett, you know, we're going to bounce. Sorry, David, you told me to call you David off air. We're, we're going to yes. bounce around a little bit here, but when you were talking about these old names that we hadn't really talked about a lot, it made me realize we haven't told you this, but we talk about Klondike bill a lot All on right. our show. Talk Klondike. to us about Klondike. You got some fun memories of him. I'm sure. Cause uh, he did Klondike. stuff not only in wrestling, but baseball too. Right. Oh yes. He, uh, Klondike was the groundskeeper there. You know, he would, uh, get on that tractor and just go around in the circles and do his thing, you know, and then with the ring truck, he did, he do with a pickup you know, and he'd get, you know, he figured out how to, you know, get the ring on a pickup truck and put these extra heavy springs on it. And then he just go down the road. And, uh, eventually it was, uh, he and, uh, Jackie's son, you know, that would, uh, go down the road uh, and put up the rings and Klondike though, you know, after, after putting up the rings, especially when places we go that pay-per-views, you know, Baltimore, I think was the first time that Klondike had a long Island iced tea and he didn't have one. He had two. And by the second one, Klondike was a total different person. He was, you know, this walking around like this big grizzly bear, but what a, what a great guy, really. uh, a great character, great character. Yes. yes. And, uh, George two ton Harris was also at the ballpark as well. Right. <laughs> who, was, who was like the laziest son of a bitch ever. <laughs> and, and Klondike hated George hated him. I mean, just always just George doesn't do shit around here. Nothing. He'll find a way he'll find a way to, uh, get out of work. And George used to, uh, Conrad, here's another story. Uh, I know you, you mentioned Klondike. We've had so many, but George, George would go back in the ballpark in the home locker room, uh, after they would work on the before game, after they work on the field and he'd go back there and take a shower and he'd sit there and George was, was two ton and he yeah. would sit there butt naked and talk to those baseball players. And baseball players would walk in, just shake their head. This real fat, naked guy just sit there and talk. You know how George could talk. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, one time, uh, Francis's son, Ron, I think, uh, took George's uh, white underwear and <laughs> put, put him up on the flagpole uh, along with the American flag. It was like a size 50 white yeah. canes. Poop stained yeah. underwear. <laughs> uh, tidy whiteies. Tidy, tidy whiteies. 
And George was just something, and, and man, it really pissed off Klondike Bill. But knowing Bill, uh, how, did it, how did Bill actually start with the Crockett family? Do you remember? Just one of the wrestlers that... It wanted, Bill was one of the wrestlers that you, you could trust. That, that when he said he was going to do something, he, d- he did it. Right. That, you know, when it came that we needed another person for ring trucks, Klondike was, you know, one of those people that, yes, he was a Canadian. And, you know, it just, we knew that he could do it. Yeah. You know, like Wally Ducey. Wally, Wally was, was a, a former wrestler. Right. You know, so, you know, and Klondike uh, putting Wally and Klondike together for a while. That was, you know, worse than, than George Tuton Harris. But there, there again, Klondike learned, you know, and then he started and then he tweaked it his own way. Yeah. And, but we could always count that the ring was going to be there. The right. ring was going to be up. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was that. Trust, you know, you don't have to worry about it. Klondike's yeah. got it. Yeah, he had a, great, had a great work ethic. He really did. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, the, he was a degenerate, too, as we know. And you know, the stories about <laughs> God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. About, the, golden yeah. String, the golden string there. <laughs> the golden string. <laughs> oh. Boy. Uh, oh, let's talk about Geico. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. So go to geico.com today, get yourself a quick quote. It will be cleaner and easier than this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um right, tell me tell me about what what are what See, it's a, I shouldn't say surprise. I am I'm happy, honored that people still remember. Mm-hmm. You know what we did, Tony, and yeah. you know it, but there again, it's like, why haven't we faded into the sunset? Why has why why do people still pay attention to what we did? You know that I'm sure that even you today, uh, even when you're doing a AEW, I know you're just doing it at the the, the stadium now. But mm-hmm. when you were out, people are still asking you about, you know. Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling. Sure. What was it, or is it that? Why do they still remember? I think it's I, nostalgia. I think it's like you know when your favorite songs come on, you know, from on the radio from when you were growing up, or your favorite old movie from when you were a kid, or you know, Tony Schiavone still lovingly talks about old TV shows that he remembers seeing, and I think there is something to the idea that your first ten years of fandom as a professional wrestling fan, like what you grew up on, you're always sort of chasing that rush of how you felt as a fan. That was your favorite stuff. You were at your peak fandom and we keep watching the current stuff, hoping it'll scratch our itch, but it never does. So we go back and watch the old stuff and it's just like an old comfortable pair of slippers. It's just familiar and comfortable and you don't throw them out and you hang on to them too long. Well, you know, maybe it's too, that it's, it shows like yours that the younger people are listening to it going, well, we have to see this, you know, what is it about, you know, these people that, you know, they're still talking about them. Yeah. And so they, they watch. And so I guess maybe they're hooked because young people 
you know, ask me about, you know, the wrestling. Because I know that they weren't alive when we had it. Right. So it has to be your podcast and places that, like that, I would think. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Oh, no, I don't think you're wrong. I, I do want to talk about Magnum TA. We haven't talked about him yet. It's a real tragedy, you know, that his career was cut short the way it was, but it's almost become spoken as if it were fact that he was in line to be the next NWA world champion. He was going to be Crockett's answer to Hulk Hogan. I've never actually asked you about that though. What were the plans for Magnum had that tragic that accident? He to be champion. Okay. That, definitely. He, he had all the tools, you know, the camera loved him. He had the gift of gab the physique, uh, and the athletic ability to back it up. His, his skills in the ring, you know, that uh, his matches, he and Tully and, and Rick and, and you, know, you, you name it, they're all fantastic. Anybody, I don't care who it is, you have to get it. You would have to get into those matches. I mean, it's, you, you become a fan. It's, there's, you know, it's uh, unlike today where every minute in the ring is scripted. And if you miss something, oh, my God, you know, that, you know, you have to go figure it out and go back and do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the ability to put the time in and really not say anything to, to the, the, the opponent. You might say a, a couple of words or syllables, but. That flow, it, it, to me, it's, it's, it's like a concert. You know, if you think about the, 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 the flow of a concert, up and down, the music is taking you where it wants to. And, and Magnum was, had that ability to take you, you know, let your mind go in neutral and, and put you through this match. And you're just r- drenched you know, with excitement afterwards. Yes, he would have been the world champion and he would have been a fantastic champion. Of course, we remember that accident happened in October of 86. Of course, November of 86 was Starcade, And once Magnum goes down, Dusty pivots and makes the decision to turn Nikita into a baby face. And it's Flair and Nikita in the, the main event for the world title. At Starcade '86, but I assume the original plan would have been Magnum Flair at Starcade '86. Yes. Starcade '87 is is a horse of a different color. We we move it from Greensboro. We're going to try Chicago. It's going to be a smaller arena. We've also got Vince McMahon trying to sabotage the show and go head to head with Survivor Series, and uh, he tries to do a a bit of a power play where he says, "If you carry that event, you can't have WrestleMania. Carry my event instead." and it was disastrous timing, especially with what you guys had just done with Watts and all that. In right. hindsight, was Starcade '87 like the beginning of the end? Yes, yes. Yeah, we we shouldn't have gone to Chicago. I think the Chicago was just because of the name. Right. The building was totally wrong. Uh, you know, it was for me. It was a nightmare trying to you know to move in, set up. We didn't have any time at all to do anything and. I, I knew, you know, at that time, you know, this was sort of our last hoorah. I could, I could feel it, you know, and when we were discussing, 
everything in the in the locker room. Uh, Tony, you were in there. Jim Ross was announcing for us at that time, mm-hmm. and I, I, when Jimmy said, "David, you go ahead and take it," and I just knew this. This was, you know, usually he always, you know, just sort of did it himself, and mm-hmm. then I just knew that he finally realized that, you know, I was right, and because I kept on telling him, "This is not the right. This is not the thing to do." And so, you know, we made the best of it at that time. Garvin. And it stood like hell that night, too. Yeah. 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 Garvin was the world champ there. Uh, Flair was the challenger. That's been something that's been debated a lot since. In hindsight, was Garvin the right guy? Or was there a different main event that you could have presented, do you think? You still there? Yes, sir. Hello. Can you hear me? Oh, for you, your screen went blank for a second. All good. I was saying, um, the, the whole Garvin as champion thing has been debated a lot in hindsight was Garvin the right guy, or was there a different main event that could have maybe given a different result for that show? There could have been, but we didn't have it. Right. That, that was one of the problems that, you know, we, you know, Vince was doing his best to take our talent. And so, you know, Garvin was one of the, the ones that stuck with us, you know, and Rick stuck with us, you know, that I think Roddy Piper left at that time, didn't he? Yeah, he Piper was gone, but he did leave. Yeah. yeah. So, the, you know, that they were, we just didn't have the talent that we could depend on to put the belt on to give it back to Rick. Now, I wish we did, but we didn't. Yeah. Do you think, um, and obviously Dusty was a, a genius. I mean, created so many things that people still yes. celebrate to this day, the starcades and the war games and the great American bashes and so many different successes outside of the ring, just his creativity. But do you think creatively Dusty was just burnt out and maybe on fumes by that point, or was he just separated? Because there was Charlotte and Dallas, and the distance created a problem. Well, yes, I, I don't think it was his fault. I think there again, our talent—you know—we didn't have the talent that we needed to sustain what we we were doing. We were in the midst of a rebuild, right? So, you know, we we could have, you know, but. In, in hindsight, yes, we should have bypassed this pay-per-view, but we were already committed. Right. So you go through it, and you have to uh, rebuild. And we rebuilt so many times. You know, you look at, you know, the plane crash with Rick and I and John Valentine. You know, so we had to have a, a tournament for the U.S. Championship. Right. Yeah. You know, and uh, Kali, there was, you know, it just was – the stars were not lining up for us. Well, I, I just, I wish we had more time. We were, we were just cash wise. We were just going, you know, it was, uh, mm, yeah, it was horrible. So, but talent, talent, we could, we could have Garvin there again was a great talent, but he was, he didn't have the charisma of a, you know, a Ric Flair, 
you know, that uh, he, in, his, in the ring, he was a tough sucker. Right. I mean, you know, he would pound you like John Valentine, but he just didn't have that gift of gab. You know, that he needed, he probably should have had a, somebody like. Uh, Dr. Death. Barry Windham. Well, Barry self exploded each time. Barry always had, he would get up there, then he'd leave. Mm. You know, we, he would get right up there and then for some reason he said, I got to go. And, and just, I mean, uh, Dusty built him up so many times and, and then he left, you know, so, but cause, you know, Barry, yes, he, he had the work ethic. He had, he had the camera presence, you know, there again, he wasn't as, as good as uh, blackjack, you know, you know, as far as on the mic. Yeah. On screen presence. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but, uh, Great talent. Great right. talent there. Well, I, obviously, Dusty had the charisma, but we had done Flair and Dusty countless times. Yeah. So right. you, you couldn't go do, back to that. Right. That. Yeah. It was too many times. Sure. You had to find something, and Garvin was it. A lot of people wonder, you know, did we did the company wait too long? By then, it was WCW to anoint Luger. Would you have thought maybe Luger could have worked in 87 after the whole he's in the horseman. He's out of the horseman thing. He could have, but the trust of putting the belt on him. Right. You know, that, uh, you know, the, 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 there was a trust factor there that you just, you know, you just don't know. So right. you don't do it. Well, you know, David, you bring up a good point. I, I think that fans don't realize it's, we're not knocking on anybody at all behind the scenes, but you got to have a champion, not only who's got the charisma, got the talent, but that you can trust to lead your company. You know, there are your representative. They are uh, the, the face of the company. Sure. That everything they do, uh, and in this case, it's the NWA, you know, that they are that champion and they have to not have side deals or they have to, to walk the talk, walk the walk, you mm -hmm. know, and, you know, it's hard to, to trust, you know, people. And that was our problem then, yeah. you know, that getting people to, to buy into it, you know, to take ownership. Uh, there were a lot of them that, yeah, they want the belt, but they wouldn't take ownership of that belt. You know, and be the representative. So we were we we had to do what we had to do. Well, whether you own or rent, you need a representative from Geico to make it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Go to Geico.com today. Yeah, uh Conrad, you're talking about you're gonna go see uh my brother, Jimmy, Jim. He would, he's definitely going to have your conversations with him. Uh, he, he knows all the secrets, all the secrets. <laughs> I probably know a very few, but there were uh, uh, so many backroom car talk decisions that were made uh, away from the office, you know, that 
at a bar or wherever that, you know, he, he knows the answer to. Right. Well, he does. Well, I mean, just take, take, uh, Nassau Coliseum when the rock and roll express walked out. Right. You know, they, why'd they do that? You know, they, so right then we had to figure something out. Were you shocked when, uh, Arn and Tully left? I know things got rocky there with their, their relationship with you guys for a bit. And eventually Tully, I think said some things to the Turner folks that you didn't like, and he was kicked off the plane and they went and met with Vince the next day and quit the following day. I believe. Did you see that coming or was that sort of out of left field since the horseman had been such a big part of the program? Wow. That was, it was out of left field for me. Yes. You know, I, I knew, you know, Tully was always very vocal, vocal. Yeah. So, you know, you, sometimes you didn't know what was real and what, what, because he was always vocal about something. Right. And he still is today. Uh, But our, yeah, I, you know, that, yeah, it was a surprise to me. And I was sorry to see it, but, uh, you know, Iron did well up there. Oh, and, yeah. Right? Yeah. He ended up having to give him a, going back, getting a full-time job there. Yeah. Yeah. So he did. Uh, David, now now we uh, get sold to Turner. Uh, I, I go to the WWE for a bit, come back, but now here we all, all are working on the 12th floor of the CNN center at South tower, uh, different atmosphere for all of us. You still lived in Charlotte and you've, you've always lived in Charlotte. Uh, and did I, I never, I may have known this, but did you commute every week, every day? How did that happen? I commuted every week. Uh, if possible, I mm-hmm. had, I lived well, for the first five years, I had a consulting agreement. And so that meant basically you're out of here, you know, at the end of five years. Okay. But I was asked to stay after five years. And so, you know, Valerie and I talked about it. And, you know, my kids were in high school market just, uh, he was up at Appalachian State. And it was, you know, I said, it's unfair to move you guys to Atlanta, then me be gone because that was it. You know, every Monday night, and then we were producing on Thursdays. If I remember correctly, we produced another show show on the road on Thursdays. Right. And it just, so I get back when I could, you know, but I'd lived uh, with my brother-in-law for quite a while. Then I'd rented uh, a place. And then I finally got an apartment. So yeah. built you, up a lot of air miles. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> you, uh, like all of us who worked, went through Jim Hurd, Kip Fry, Bill Watts, uh, the committee of, uh, Sharon Stella, Ole and, uh, and Eric, and then Eric takes over. So we, we saw the whole gamut of that. And, right. uh, I really felt, and you can, this is my opinion. I really felt that when at the first part of it, I really felt bad about our company. I was not confident in our company at all. 
No, no. You were the right thing. You did the right thing as far as going to to, to Vincent. For I, you know, they they took our company, and everybody at Turner wanted to take a a, a piece out of us, a run expense through our company. Right. And we were just one big ping pong back and forth. Right. We had no direction until Bill Shaw took over. Bill Shaw at that time was head of HR at Turner. Nobody else wanted us, you know, at, uh, at Turner. And nobody, Scott Sassa, nobody wanted us there. But Ted wanted us. He knew about, you know, our ratings. We always had good ratings, television-wise. And Bill Shaw stepped forward and said, I will take this, you know, this company and, you know, make it better. And he did. He was the one because, uh, you know, he was it Bob Dew. Mm, Bob Dew. Yeah, and uh, he was on his way out, and Bill was, you know, talking about having someone else come in, and I talked to him about, you know, I, you know, I love this company, and I would, you know, I would love to do it, and he said, "No way in hell, am I? Can I let a Crockett, you know?" Do it," he said, "David. That just it just can't." And I said, "Well, understand, but you know, I then that's when he told me about Eric and that Eric had talked to him, and he said, "You've got to help him. You know, you've got to protect him." And man, did I take some some hits? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I did, and and in a lot of ways. Uh, and while Bill was there, he let all of us take sort of ownership of our, our pieces. And if you took ownership, you had to accept that responsibility and set, accept the consequences, which, you know, I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then with Eric, Eric was, you know, looking, you know, he had great ideas looking, you know, but he was, you had to build, and believe it or not, you had to build him up. You know, Jocks and Jills quite a lot you know, at, at that time. You know, I had to have to drive him home. But there again, he, he, he finally hit his stride, and, you know, he's uh, doing well today. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, the Sodello Oli thing was, was crazy. <laughs> You know, what's even crazier is that you can save money over at Geico, whether you own or rent Geico makes it easy to bundle the home and car insurance, and you can bundle up like Ole and Sharon go to Geico.com today. <laughs> ah, yes. yes. And I, right. oh, golly. Who was after, after, uh, Jim heard was, uh, was Kip Fry. Remember the lawyer? And oh, he didn't, yeah. It didn't even last a year, I don't think, or maybe yeah. lasted a year. Well, I want to talk about Hurd for a minute. I don't know if you know this, Mr. Crockett. I'll send you a link, but I sat down with Mr. Hurd, I don't know, a couple months ago and talked to him for the first time, I don't know, maybe ever since he was in wrestling. We did a long interview and it was fantastic. But we, of course, talked a lot about his dispute with Ric Flair. 
and all obviously the company's in Turner's hands then, but you knew flair, you knew her, you knew Dillinger, you knew the players. Were you surprised that that thing went down the way it did when it was a pissing match over the belt and flares out of here? Not with Jim. Jim was that determined. He was that, he was his way or the highway in a lot of respects. You know, he was trying to, to show law and order. Uh, matter of fact, he made the statement to me that, you know, if we can't affect and control this wrestling, less warm with pizzazz as far as pyrotechnics and lights and everything else. That's when we became... You know, I remember when uh, in Chattanooga, we had a pay-per-view and Abdullah the Butcher was cage match. <laughs> it's a wonder the building didn't blow up. We had so much gunpowder, Yeah. you know, and, and the, the gutters around the cage to light when he was put into the chair. And that and they were hitting the, the cage back and forth. Well, that gunpowder was flowing out of the, the the gutters and landed on the, the ring. And so when that stuff ignited, wow, I really, yeah. <laughs> Abby loved it. Abby, he loved it. Abdullah the butcher. He said, Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, heard heard couldn't control the wrestlers, but you know, he, that Navy guy in him, you know, he wanted to control. He, I guess he thought his job was control, but there again, it's, it's more manipulation than control. You can control other ways. You can make it, make them uh, think the way you want to, you know, and, and that's, that's an art form that I don't think he, he really had. He talked to me a lot of times about the carvery. Did he talk to you about that? No. Yeah. The carvery, he wanted to have a steakhouse where you could go and, and have your own cut of meat, you know, cut for you at the table. But that was he loved the wine, loved Italian wine, Italian food. Talk to me about, uh, I've always been curious about this. When you got sell to Turner, it felt like your brother was under the impression he was going to still have a big role in wrestling operations and it's not too many weeks. And here comes Jim Hurd. Did you, were you guys shocked when Hurd came in and was seemingly in a position of power? that maybe once upon a time was supposed to be a Crockett. Jimmy was shocked more than I, you know, there again, cause I didn't want the Turner thing. I, you know, I figured that after my consulting agreement, I, my ass was out of there. Right. They, they were going to hang me up and nail me to the cross, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, the herd, but I, I think, you know, that, they wanted to make it a Turner. They didn't want Crockett involved. You know, uh, I think that was some of the, the backside dealing, uh, you know, Jimmy didn't go into it with his eyes wide open. I think when you talk to him, you will, you will find that out, you know, that, that yes, it was a surprise, you know, that, you know, and I think when he went in to, to herd and, uh, who was it that was head of the company uh, that Turner oh, had? Petrick. Jack Petrick. Yeah, Jack Petrick. Well, Jack Petrick and Jim Hurd were best friends. Right. All right. So, Jimmy uh, walked in there one day and just lured the boom. 
you know, as far as, you know, what the do you think you're doing? And this is the wrong way and dot, 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 dot. Well, that's next day is when Jimmy was gone, sent home. Mm. Yeah, Jimmy could lower the boom. Yep. <laughs> he sure could. <laughs> yeah, he really could. You, We all had great runs with Eric. Now, explain to us, David, explain to our listeners exactly what your role was uh, behind the scenes with Eric. Because, I mean, you did tons of different stuff uh, for Eric and, and the company. Well, Eric, you know, made me vice president of production, mm-hmm. you know, which that's just a word. You know, it was anything that he wanted me to do, any, any, uh, you know, from why can't we go to this building? Well, we can, you know, and, but here's how much it's going to cost. Well, he always had a blank check. Right. Uh, that, uh, the, well, when we had the, the Olympics in Atlanta, you know, that, well, why can't we go to Disney? Well, I went down there with him, and he said, I want to go. I want to come here. This is the place for us. Can we do it? Yeah, we can do it, you know, and so we did it, you know, and yes, it costs money, and no, we couldn't, we, we can't go back because of the, the, the thing we did with Dusty and the ambulance and the, and their, their, uh, switchboard was overflowed with calls and, and the people from Walt Disney World came, the suits, as I call them, mm-hmm. came down and talked to me. He said, you'll never be back. I said, okay. You know, the, <laughs> which, right? And going out to Sturgis, you know, it was, okay, that's what we're going to do. Uh, the production, uh, you know, that in a lot of ways, it, it was pulling that away from the people at Turner. That's why, you know, uh, with Joyce, we hired Joyce. Yeah, we Joyce had Atkinson. Yep. Yeah, had our own crew. You know that yes, we had the Turner truck. If the Turner truck, you know, if they did not do what we wanted, then we'd bring another truck. You know that when it came to uh, the uplinks, you know, it was I, I got screwed. It was my ass. It, it, what had happened was Eric said, "All right." You know, if the live broadcast goes down, it's going to be your ass. If if something goes wrong, it's going to be your ass. You know, not anybody else's. So I started, you know, working it out. And we, uh, I made sure that, you know, Rick Ball at that time, who was with uh, Mobile Satellite Connections, they were our uplink company because I knew that they weren't going to screw me on the, on the satellite. It, there was no excuse there. You know, that Mike Satrazimus with, uh, you know, the power, the generator power, that I was responsible. If the building went down, I had power for the building. Uh, no truck would ever go down because it did. And I said, well, it's my ass. It's not going to go uh, down again because I had to, who was it? Well, uh, Dick Cheatham there at Turner at the time. He said, why do you have so much generator power? I said, Dick. Do you want the responsibility? You know, if it goes down, I said, sure. I, I don't have to have it. You know, and he said, well, no. And I said, well, that's why I have it. It's called an insurance policy. It's you called know. doing a live show too, right? I mean, you've got to, yeah. got to be we on don't the air. Have that chance. Right. You know, the lights, the cameras, the entrances, uh, 
you know, the, the vignettes, uh, you know, I started, you know, there were a lot of balls, uh, being thrown up in the air. And, you know, I, I wish that, you know, I don't, and I'm going to bring this out that, uh, there was a relationship there with Keith Mitchell, you know, at one time, Eric came to me and said, David, you've got to fire Keith Mitchell. Well, why? We had to fire him. He's, he's causing problems there in, in production now. Seriously. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Do it now. I said, God, Eric? You know, and there were other people behind the scenes that, you know, had put, been pushing Eric's. And so that totally <laughs> destroyed my relationship with Keith. Keith, of course, went to HR, which I am so happy he did. And, you know, he was there and, you know, he is, you know, you know, has a great job there at AEW. Yeah. So, and yeah, to this, I, I, it, it just, uh, I've got a sour spot for, for that, you know, and the people that were behind that. Well, well, help me fill the gaps in. It's been 20 years. What does it matter? Uh, who was, who was pushing Eric in that direction? You want me to say, yeah, go ahead. Say Tony Craig leathers. Okay. Yes. That's right. Well, yeah. he wanted, he wanted Keith's job and then he wanted my job. I see. Sure. He sure did. And he, right. Yeah. Uh, he, well, he, wanted, he wanted to take over the company. It's what he did basically. Yeah. yeah he eventually, you know, wanted Eric's position. Mm-hmm. So I, how you do that? You just work your way up, you mm-hmm. know, Knock the pins out from under him. Yeah, and, and right, and swerve and spin and play both sides against the middle and all the political games. So there are political games, David Dunn, and obviously in production as well as there was, you know, with the wrestling at that during that time as well. So yes, yeah, yeah and and that is one, you know, that's one of the big reasons to me that Turner got rid of us, that they didn't like, you know, that. It's too much of an aggravation. At one time, you know, we were making money hand over fist for them. We were getting the ratings, mm-hmm. but it was all the other stuff, you know, there that they did not need. You know, yeah. you know, Bill Watts carrying a gun to, you know, <laughs> CNN Center. Right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's great. You know, and <laughs> then the calls to HR, you know, about search. It just, nah. Yeah, and I always say, guys, you're gonna kill the golden goose, and we finally did. Well, so but I'm glad to see that they're back. Yeah, and yeah. Keith and Keith Mitchell, by the way, is doing a great job, and so are the folks yeah. over at Geico. Whether you own or rent, Geico makes it easy to bundle that home and car insurance. Having a home is hard work, so get a quote at Geico.com. It's easy, and uh, let's get rid of your current provider and Craig leathers. Why not? Same time. Yeah. I don't, uh, we haven't talked about that and, a lot, but and I have to say, you know, there was a, I guess there was a reunion there in Atlanta and, and Craig walked up to him and said, no hard feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's it. You know, it was, it's, it's not what he did to me. It's what, what happened to the company. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I, 
I still miss it, Tony. I had had to say I still miss being around it. I mean, yes, I it I. It's hard for me to watch, honestly. Yeah, it really is. It's it's changed a great deal, David, uh, and for the better. As far as working conditions and people getting along and the lack of swerving, at least on the AW. I was going to say it has an AW. Yeah. um, And I agree, you know, and, and yeah, I would, I would, I'd love to be able to do it, but you know, hell, you know, it's, it's past my time, I guess, Mm. but you know, it's, I look, I look at the two shows and I can, Tell you right now that AEW production-wise is far superior to WWE. I mean, when they go head to head, I flip back and forth. Look, it's a, there's there's not a question who's going to win here. Yeah, uh, I still I still can't get get used to any of them as far as some of the wrestling. Yeah, that's but uh, there's not a thing I could do about that anyway. You know, but uh, production-wise, oh yeah, it's just. AEW is so far superior. Well, it's changed. The wrestling has changed uh, tremendously. Uh, David, when uh, when WCW went down, sold to the WWE, uh, you go back to Charlotte, and you, you've you been working with the Red Cross, right? Yes. Yes, I, I started working with the Red Cross. Matter of fact, Katrina was my first. I went down to Louisiana. Mm-hmm. I uh, started in Monroe and ended up in Baton Rouge. I spent three weeks in Louisiana, and then I've I went to El Paso, Texas, to Hatch, New Mexico, to back to Louisiana, Florida, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, uh, New York. Uh, you know, for Sandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, no- North Carolina coast, uh, 18 years. Wow. Years, you know, and, but I'm not doing that now. Right. With COVID and everything, it's just, uh, yeah, that sort of changed a lot. The, I still have some friends that are doing that and, you know, to keep safe, they, they sleep in their cars or, or, uh, in the Red Cross vehicle instead of congregating, you know, in a gym. Yeah. Yeah. That has to be, uh, I would think, uh, a very difficult, but rewarding work. Very, very, very. Well, when I say, I guess, yeah, it is difficult, but, but there again, it was how I got my adrenaline rush and I didn't have TV. Yeah. So, uh, it was the chaos of a disaster Mm -hmm. and I thrived with that. And yes, you're, you're out there with people that are totally confused, uh, distressed, and all of a sudden, you know, you are taking them and bringing them out of that uh, deep depression, and you can give them something, whether it's a, a hotel room, uh, money to help fix their house, food, uh their medicine glasses, you know, that yeah. now that we can provide uh, anything that you do at a home, kidney dialysis, we can do that for you. You know, that we can, we have arrangements with so many providers 
to provide equipment and services that, you know, it's not just Red Cross, it's our other uh, partners in this, which is really terrific. Now, I want to speak of something to you, Tony, that you cycle, right? Yes. All right. I used to be a big cyclist. I oh, really? MS-150 each year from Charlotte to Myrtle Beach. You know, five years I did that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that's, that's a little bit beyond me. <laughs> that's- I was, you know, I was just, you know, you've got me, though, motivated again. And I, now that I've had rotator cuff surgery on uh, both shoulders, uh, elbow re- rebuilt, uh, knee replacement. And so. Holy hell. Well, you must have taken a lot of bumps. <laughs> <laughs> the key to kill, the key to just kill me. <laughs> well, no. Yeah. I, uh. Cycling is tremendous. It is, it is just wonderful. And you have such a great place down there to, to oh, do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Now, are, do you have a road bike or is it a hybrid? No, it's a hybrid. Hybrid. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I got a Peloton too for the cold weather. So. Uh, now that is great. You have one of those that, uh, uh, you get to race people in New York or wherever. Yes. Or, yes. Wow. That's, that's called that's called having Conrad Thompson money. That's because right. that's because we know how to save money over at Geico. And if you need that sweet, sweet Peloton money, whether you rent or own, Geico's gonna make it easy to bundle both your home and your car insurance. Go to Geico.com today. I, I can't thank you enough today, Mr. Crockett, for taking the well, time. You can send me a uh, you can send me a Conrad uh Peloton. Uh, okay. No problem. <laughs> Uh, I'm, uh, I'm so excited that we got to do this and, and put you guys back together again, especially with the way this is going to look and, and fans are going to see it like on the old set. Uh, we got to do this again some other time, because I feel like we just scratched the surface. There's so much more to cover and talk about. And as you said, at the top of the show, we could talk for weeks and not get to it all. So thanks for carving out time today. With, with Jimmy now, uh, stabilized with, uh, his dialysis. Uh, he, uh, he's a different person when I talk to him. So, uh, to get on there, get on your show with him and, and we, we could really have a good time. Yeah. He could tell us about, ask, we'll have to ask him about chicken ranch. <laughs> yeah. Where he and dusty and Rick and, and the four horsemen disappeared for a week or two. <laughs> <laughs> I have it on I have it on good authority Arn hey, Anderson I'm wasn't there. there. Arn wasn't there. I know for sure Arn wasn't there. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh-huh. Just just saying I'm trying not to get canceled here. And on that note, <laughs> Mr. Crockett, we greatly appreciate you taking the time. This has been awesome. I hope everyone has a great Christmas and a great New Year's and just an awesome holiday season. It's been a strange year, but Boy, we're going out on a high note to finish this show out with, uh, Mr. Crockett joining us. And I thank Geico for the opportunity to put this together. I mean, we normally never veer from the format. We just watch old wrestling and make fun of it. But when they said, Hey, do whatever you want. We we don't care. I thought, well, let's get a guest. And as Tony and I freestyled who better than David Crockett. All right. Okay. Guys, it's been terrific and really Merry Christmas, happy new year and, and be safe. Thanks, David. As always, great, great talking to you, buddy. Love you, big guy. 
Take yeah, care. Thank you. Thank All you, right. sir. Okay. Bye-bye. So, Tony, how about that? Tremendous. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a pretty cool treat here for everyone, and we appreciate everyone tuning in today and hope you guys had fun with this special bonus episode from Geico. You know what I'm going to do. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quick quote, see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And don't forget, you've got another bonus episode coming your way from Tony Schiavone and myself. It's all happening this week. And of course, next week, we'll be back with another what happened when Tony looks like it's about that time. It is about that time. And just like my waistline, we are desperately out of time. (laughs) Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or your renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com.